1: Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast and today listeners, just for a change because I don't very often get the opportunity to uh, have men on as as guests, I have invited Paul Wilson on, he's a therapist and mindset coach, to talk about a man's perspective when it comes to love, dating, relationships and sex education. So a warm welcome to you Paul.
2: Thank you Lynn, looking forward to it, it's going to be a good one.
1: (laughs) I'm sure, (laughs) yeah. So what, what What do you feel as a man are the differences between men and women when it comes to love, dating and relationships from, you know, the way you view it from a man's perspective? Oh, wow.
2: Uh, That's a massive, massive ginormous question. How long you got? Um, I think it's essentially two things. First of all, we are all individuals. So we all have our kind of like individual way we've been brought up into the world. So I've got this thing called a bubble of beliefs. It's not my original; it comes from a guy called Dave. Oh, his name's gone. But anyway, basically, the second we're born, we're born into a bubble. And when we're very young, it's like um, one of those soap bubbles. Remember, you used to get these little um, jar things, and you with a a plastic spoon, and you dip it in and blow it, and you get bubbles coming out.
1: Yeah, 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 I think okay. these days. Well, yeah, we so the- when we're
2: born, it's like that. <laughs> it's very it's very soft, it's very pliable. And what we do is we absorb all the beliefs and values of our parents and siblings and grandmas, grandpas, whoever is around us in our immediate environment. And that happens until we go to school. And as we go to school, we start absorbing more stuff because we meet teachers and we meet other parents, and we meet other kids in school, and then as we get old, sort of, teenage years, that expands a little bit more. The challenge we face is that once we get to a certain age, unless we keep expanding our knowledge, you know, by travelling or going to university or learning and doing lots and lots of different things, that can be it as far as the our beliefs and values are concerned. That, that bubble gets made of kind of like bulletproof, flexiglass and becomes almost impenetrable, yeah? Whereas if we continue to learn and grow and meet new people and learn new things, it still maintains a kind of like a a plasticity so you can absorb new beliefs and ideas like me. Um, I'm 60, so I was born in the 60s, very male dominated period. I mean, the 60s were kind of a bit transformative with the burn your bra and women's living, all this kind of thing. Come to today, and the world is completely different. Yes. As regards male men and women and what women can do, what men can do, and all that kind of stuff. So, me, I've hopefully learned and adapted and grown with those changes. But I know a lot of blokes my age that haven't, and a lot of women as well, you know, from their perspective, the women's place is in the home and you know does whatever hubby wants and all that kind of thing, which has been completely turned on its head. But a lot of people are still in that that bubble, because that's what they've grown up with and they haven't kind of explored it further. So that's the first challenge is that as individuals, we grew up with this bubble thing. And then as the different sexes, women and men are wired differently. Our brains have different ways of looking at things. Like we talked about before we came on Earth, about how we both sexes have different expectations. I'll give you something really, really crude. Most men expect to get their wicked way with a woman on the first date. Yeah. Yes. Women are gonna think, no, 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 that's further down the line. I want to get to know you first. Okay, yes, yes there are exceptions on both sides, but globally, yes, that's how we're wired. Yeah, and I think it comes from evolution.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, I think, you know, to start with, I think pre before um, you know, when you enter a relationship, I think before you you actually consummate that relationship by having sex. What I personally feel is that you know it's the man that wants to progress things quickly, you know, and and get to that place more uh, instantaneously than usually than the woman. But though then once but once it has happened, then it's the woman that instantly feels because she's an emotional more emotional creature, then that she wants to progress that relationship faster than the man's ready for
2: yeah I, I get what you're saying there and yeah for, for a lot of guys it, well i mean and me as well i used to be like this all the time it, it's a kind of like a, this is a horrible thing to say but this is how i used to feel okay um notches on your belt you know if you ever watch the old western movies with the gunslingers yeah. a lot of gunslingers on the the handle of their gun would have little sort of dots wedged in for how many people they've shot well as a young man in the 70s and 80s, I had notches on my belt of how many women I'd been able to be intimate with, okay? And that's how it was. But don't forget, it's a two-way street. Yes. All of it was completely consensual, you know? And I've been picked up as many times as I've done the picking up, if that makes sense.
1: Uh, yeah. 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 And I was, I
2: was really dumb. I was really dumb. I mean, let me give you an example. This will make you laugh. Um, I spent a lot of time in Europe traveling around and I spent a lot of time whilst in Europe, in France, working on campsites and stuff, you know, uh, putting tents up, cleaning tents, all that kind of good stuff. And I remember uh, one night in particular, this is in in Meche, which is the Gironde River, which is about, I don't know, just past the third down on the left hand side of France. Little campsite and a group of us, plus some local boys and girls had gone down to the beach to have a, a big bonfire. And now, bearing in mind at this time, my French hadn't improved. I could say, bonjour, WS, if you're playing. That was pretty much it. <laughs> and so there's, as there is, I don't know if it happens now, but back in the, the, the 80s, there would always be some young lad with a guitar strumming away, lots of girls sat around him, and everybody else kind of just mingling in and chit-chatting as you do. And I'm sitting there minding my own business with nothing on my mind about having a few more beers and just chilling outside, a really, really busy day. And this girl comes to sit next to me and she says she says to me uh, in French, do you want to go and collect some firewood? Now, the fire is roaring. There's a big pile of firewood next to the fire. Okay, yet Muffin the Mule here, (laughs) he wants to go and collect firewood. So somebody translates for me. and I go, yeah, let's go and collect some firewood. She looks at me as if I'm a complete moron, which to be fair, I was. Anyway, we go off into the woods. And she climbs a tree, falls out the tree and bobs her uncle kind of thing. But that just goes to show that it, it was, she clearly wanted something and she chose me to be her partner for that night. And it was a great, yeah. But I was, okay. <laughs> you know, I was the one that was being chased, which is fabulous, but it just goes to show, you know, we, we generalize an awful lot about men and women. But I think those generalities are very kind of surface level because that's not the first time that's happened to me where well, I've been sat minding my own business. And I've been to what I use a better phrase, been picked up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I agree. But would, would you then, uh, What I suppose my understanding of those situations is that you wouldn't then consider that girl necessarily, um, or oh, this is the one I want to spend the rest of my life with material. No, simply because neither that wasn't the intention.
2: Yeah, it was, she wanted a good time, and I went, yeah, great, let's have a good time. Yeah. And at the end of that encounter, that particular encounter in the woods, she went off and did her own thing. She didn't sit and sit with me for the rest of the evening, rather. She sat with me for a while and then vanished into the night. Mm. Yeah. So that was never going to be she is the one kind of thing. No. And there have been times when that has happened to me, and I thought, oh, wow, great. This is going to be, this is going to be fabulous. Uh, how can I put it? It's going to be great to, sh- to pursue this relationship because the person's been fun, interesting, sexy, uh, you know, made me laugh, seen, laughed at my stuff, and we've gotten really well together. And, you know, that has progressed. So sometimes it's happened where I've gone, yeah, this, this person could be a brilliant person to be with, spend time with. And I'm assuming, hopefully, rightly, that the the woman in this aspect, this this scenario, has thought the same thing because she said, "Yeah, let's let's meet again. Let's let's get together again." And on a few occasions, that's led to you know some longer term relationships.
1: And what's what's your view then? Because um, what I've discovered on my journey is that you know evolutionarily, <laughs> should I say, you know, from right <laughs> since humankind first worked the earth and man was man and woman was woman and um, in opposite sex relationships is primarily in a man's dna to be the one that's the chaser you know that that wants to pursue that wants to win over the woman and the woman needs to be you know the 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 less so you know the the one that's the receiver so to speak the the one that sort of does the more the selective choosing and that's and that's what men particularly like because it involves a bit of a challenge and um you know, they don't want the, the woman to do that role for, you know, in regards of their relationship. In other words, they don't want the woman to be the one that's chasing him um, because that can be off-putting to a guy and, and, and uh, you know, makes oh, him I'm sorry, Liv,
2: but I love to be chased. I love yeah. to be chased. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah I, I get what you're saying. And going back to the old sort of Freddie Flintstone movies, the, the guy in the loincloth with the club. Yeah, it's in our DNA, because if you think about it, our brains have one single function, one single function to keep us alive so that we can propagate the species. When it comes right down to it, forget all the the highbrow stuff, that's why we're here. Yeah, It's to propagate the species, and the brain does that by keeping us alive as long as possible so we can do that and then pass on our wisdom to the next kind of generation. Now, people like to think we've become much more sophisticated than that, but essentially we haven't. You know, our brain, especially the reticular activating system, still got the fight, flight, or fear, which goes way back yes. to when the saber toothed tiger or a big, horrible snake behind every bush, and we still suffer this fight, flight, or free scenario when there isn't a real predator in front of us you know, we've got a big meeting with the boss and he's going to chew me out or she's going to give me a hard time. Well, you're not going to die from that meeting. No. You might not enjoy it. You might get fired or you might get (laughs) given a whole load of work, but you're not going to die. But our brain goes, oh, get your your axe, get your club, get ready. You've got a choice here, Paul. You're either going to fight this beastie, this boss, or you're going to run away. You're going to go sick. Or you're going to stand there and shiver and shake and go, yes, boss, yes, boss, I'm really sorry, boss, I'm really sorry. Fight, fight, or freeze since day one. So, yes, it is innate in our nature to 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 to, to chase, definitely. And more guys chase than
1: women chase. But, yeah. You know. I'm not saying women should never chase, but I'm just... Know, no, 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 no. I'm not saying... I'm I'm not, the bulk yeah. of it.
2: I'm not saying should or shouldn't here. I'm just saying how I see things as they are. I don't think it's, there's anything wrong. Like I said to you, I love being chased. So I don't yeah. think there's anything wrong with the women doing the chasing. Some guys do find it very intimidating because again, this is how guys, are, I don't know if they've been brought up like with this way today, but when I was brought up, the man is the man of the house and the man goes out and hunts the meat, i.e. gets a job and the women's at home stoking the fire, you know, looking after the house kind of thing. And men don't cry, men don't take any bullshit, men fight for their own right to defend their territory and so on and so forth. And that is, you know, the kind of the way things have been molded for a long, 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 long time. And I'm guessing to a a lot of, to a large extent, it's still the same. It's like, um, if you give kids toys, you have like dolls and swords and shields and stuff, without any prompting, they've done experiments, without any prompting, a large percentage of young boys will pick up the swords and the shields and stuff and and play fighting games, and the girls will go for the other stuff, you know. That's not to say that some girls won't pick up the swords and shields as well, but globally, it's the majority of boys will go for the swords and the shields and stuff, and the girls will go for the other things. And that comes, I think, from our DNA.
1: Yes, I
2: agree. We have to learn to defend. We have to play. All animals play fight. I mean, even, you know, if you've got a couple of kittens, and you go, oh, look at that, isn't that really cute? The kittens are playing together. They're not playing together. They're fighting. It's play fighting. You see, if you ever watch a wildlife movie, you see lion cubs do this all the time. yeah. Yeah. there's there's Mum Lion. She's she's sitting there in the sunshine, she's trying to chill out, she's trying to relax, and she's got two or three cubs on her, and they're they're like pulling her ear and you know, stretching their claws around her, pulling her tail and grabbing her, her paws. So that's all about play fighting. It's all about learning to to use the, the the equipment that you've got, you know, your your claws and your jaws and your teeth and your strength and all the rest of it. That's just inherent in pretty much every single creature. And, you know, we are, as much as people don't want to hear this, we are nature as well. We are part of nature. We're mammals. Okay, yeah, we've pretty much taken control of all of nature, but we are still part of it. So we still have these kind of intrinsic um, actions.
1: Yeah, and I think it's, like you say, it's ingrained within our DNA. Um, And it's not necessarily gender-specific, but um, my sort of, I suppose, education and experience is that, generally speaking, although we've all got that masculine and feminine energy within us, you know, um, usually within opposite sex relationships, the more dominant energy is the same as as your gender. You know, it's not, uh, in a small percentage, it's not necessarily the same as the gender, but usually it is. So, you know, typically what has been passed on through the whole of the generations, you know, since mankind walked the earth is, usually in opposite sex relationship if, if you're a woman then your more stronger energy is going to be that dominant feminine energy and that, that's obviously going to be different to the man who's got that more dominant stronger masculine energy and therefore you know the way we relate to each other is going to be different we can't sort of expect to relate to a man in the same way as we relate to our girlfriends and expect him to you know respond in the same way because he's just mentally, physically and and um all the rest of it wired differently oh Um, yeah
2: absolutely we are definitely wired differently particularly when it comes to to kind of love and romance uh uh and sex because i think that's just how we are i mean yeah even in same-sex relationships i know a few same-sex couples and they call themselves husband and wife yes because one person in that relationship will be i don't like the word dominant but i can't think of another word will be the more dominant of the two yes. and the other one will be will be less so and it's just the way it's just the way things work out and you can you know what's the word i'm looking for you can say it's wrong you can disagree with it but when it comes down to it the, those are the the basic laws of nature you know you have the male and the female snake, giraffe, elephant, spider, octopus, yeah, and they all go through the same thing. You know, birds are brilliant. Birds are brilliant. If you think of birds, which are the most colourful, most decorative, noisiest of in a in a bird species, it's the male.
1: Male, <laughs>
2: because it's the male's role to go to make himself as attractive as possible. So the, the female goes, Oh, I like the way he's built that nest. He's got really nice red feathers. And love the way he dances. Yeah, I, I'm gonna choose him. Because the female wants the best chance for her, her eggs, which means picking the best male. Yeah. I mean, spiders are different, you know. Poor old male spiders that they do the same thing. They look for the biggest, <laughs> toughest, they look for the biggest, toughest, strongest female spider, and go, yeah, she's mine. And then he- <laughs> Gets to do the thing and then she has him for breakfast. <laughs> you know, breakfast for kids. And you know, but again, it's the same kind of thing. The the male goes looking for the the the, the strongest, more most dominant female. I mean the poor buggy doesn't know he's gonna get eaten, but you know, <laughs> that's the way it is. But yeah, so it's it's just nature, it's just the way it is, nothing fancy, there's nothing pro or con about it, it's just the way we are, absolutely.
1: Well, in my experience, um, what I've learned is that you know it is that polarization of those energies that creates that passion and attraction and chemistry and relationship. So, if you're a woman, the more feminine you are in the context of your relationship, I'm not saying you should never use your masculine energy, but you know, context specific. If you're in a uh, an opposite sex relationship, then you're going to bring out the more masculine energy within him, and that's what creates the passion, the attraction, and the chemistry and the sparks to fly.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. There's passion is m- so important in a relationship, even if you've been together forever. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I think my own marriage kind of failed. I mean, now I'm not gonna you know, knock my ex-wife in, I mean, that's not me. And it was 50-50 all the way through, but there's, a, there's some things in relationships that are paramount. One is definitely communication, and the second one is maintain that passion. Whatever it was that you found attractive in your your husband, your wife, your boyfriend, girlfriend, when you first met, you have to kind of blossom that and keep it – not blossom, that's the wrong word – you have to nurture it yes, and keep it going because it is so easy to fall into this trap of, you know, got kids, kids take precedence, and the the couple – are still a couple, as in they live in the same house, and they may, might have sex once a Saturday and or once a month or something, but it almost becomes like a, a bland ritual, rather than, a, oh my God, I'm gonna rip your clothes off, we're gonna have a ball tonight, kind of thing, yeah? It just becomes, <laughs> it's going through a routine.
1: Yes. Yeah,
2: And I think that's why, where so many marriages fail. I mean, obviously there's the, the abuse side of things, but I don't want to talk about that because that's a separate issue. Yeah. When it comes to love and romance, we as in the partners in a relationship let that slide too often too quickly yeah I and i think that's when this kind of like infidelity happens that's why you know she goes looking for a boyfriend or he goes looking for a, a girlfriend kind of thing because the ex what what why do we have affairs we know we're going to get caught at some stage i think we have affairs because it's the thrill of the the chase, it's the thrill of being chased, it's the it's the frisson of excitement, the the illicitness. That's that's why we have them because obviously sexy sex, yeah.
1: Mm.
2: The well, sorry, the physical act is the same. Yes, but it's the the atmosphere, it's the conditions under which those things happen. Whereas if you're like sneaking off to a hotel and you you've you've set this up and you've like you told your boss you're away at a meeting and it's all like clandestine and undercover a bit james bondy kind of stuff it adds to the 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 flavor and the atmosphere it makes it more tingly and passionate whereas if you're back at home with your wife and you haven't done anything to to keep that fire lit then it's like well you know shall i watch the football or shall i have sex you know <laughs>
1: Yeah, I suppose it's it's a, a bit like the certainty variety balance, isn't it? If you get too much certainty as we can do in a long-term relationship, it becomes boring. Uh so we need to be both responsible for creating a bit of variety, don't we? And um making it interesting and and and, and leveling it up and make you know creating some excitement within oh,
2: yeah, yeah the relationship. Yeah, yeah. Every day. I'm not sure it's a certainty. I mean, it might be a different word, but you know, like, like the routine, it becomes bland. It's like, um, mashed potato. Mashed potato is probably one of the most boring food substances ever. And most people that eat mashed potato will cover it in, you know, mayonnaise or ketchup or salt gravy. and pepper or something, <laughs> whatever it is or gravy. Yeah. To make it edible. Yeah. Whereas if you think of what you can do with potato, you can do a million things with potatoes to make them And It's the same with relationships. You've got to, you have to put the work in.
1: Yeah.
2: To make it last, to make it interesting, to make it fun, to make it exciting. And you've got to, you know, kind of like, think differently. I mean, I'm a, I will also say professional photographer, I'm not a professional photographer. I am passionate about photography. I've been taking photographs for a long, 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 long time. And I love it. So I'm very interested in what goes on in the world of photography. And for the past, I don't know, let's say what, four or five years, one of the kind of up and growing segments of photography was boudoir photography. And for those that don't know what boudoir photography is, it's generally when the the wife or the girlfriend goes to a photographer and has some um what can I call them? let's I, uh, let's sexy it's not a great word but let's it's sexy photograph so you know laying on the bed various bits of clothing disrobing and provocative poses all that kind of thing or sensual um, sense thank you yeah sensual sensual f- pictures taken to turn husband on and you know like she might dress it up and he thinks, oh, God, just an ordinary birthday card. The he opens a birthday card. And he goes, oh, wow, look at it!" And he gets excited. And then that leads to passion. Yeah. And that's one of the big areas. And you got, I, because I'm a photographer, I know several professional dominatrix. And I've, I've shot photo shoots in dungeons. And a lot of the time, there's two main reasons why guys go and see a dominatrix. The first reason is, is that their their relationship has just gone, just flat dead. It's lifeless. Yeah, there's just nothing in there. And again, I'm not saying he's not responsible. He probably is, just not doing anything about it. So he goes to a dominatrix for the 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 excitement, the the dodginess with a small D, the the passion that it generates, the excitement and all that kind of... In a dungeon, a dungeon is a very, very different kind of atmosphere, a very different kind of atmosphere. Now, I'm not talking about one of those dungeons you see in the horror movies with all the torture implements and stuff like that. And it's all grey and, you know, with mould and there's rats everywhere. now. I'm talking about, you know, so hygienically clean. You could probably eat your dinner off the floor if you wanted to. Yes. With all sorts of toys and attachments and things to to have sexual fun with, you know? And that's the main, that's one of the reasons. The other reason is you get a lot of very, very uh, senior men as in like chief execs and people that run their own companies and that kind of thing. And they go there because, and this kind of goes against what you were saying earlier, they want a strong alpha female to, to take charge. They want to boss them around. Because they, but in their in their real world outside the doors of the dungeon, they they are in charge of everything. They they rule their worlds. So for the hour they're with the dominatrix, she rules his world, and he is not so much a slave, but he does her bidding. Like she's a princess, she's a queen, she's on the throne, and he does what she, what she says. Yeah. And they pay good money for this.
1: But there's still a priority within that situation, isn't that? You know, he's been nominated, so he's the submissive in that. The more yeah. feminine energy in that scenario, and she's the, the more masculine energy in that scenario.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely right, 100%. And sometimes, not that often, you will get couples going as well because they, they both want to kind of experiment with an experienced person. Because if you go to a dungeon on your own, you've never been there before, you can get kind of lost there's just so much in there and so many different things to do and try whereas if you go with a professional she so can say okay what kind of stuff are you into what do you enjoy what do you not enjoy and kind of guide the experience from there and it's like the whole bdsm world it, again it's about passion it's about sparking the relationship it's about making that passion alive and excitement and love and sensuality and sexuality and it could it doesn't matter what kind of part of the BDSM world you're in you talk to people that are in that world and that's why they're in it because it is different I mean the, the phrase they use for people that aren't in the BDSM world is vanilla yes think of it vanilla Can it you just for the benefit know. of
1: the audience sorry to interrupt Paul explain yep bdsm stands for because some of the audience won't understand what what that okay
2: means. so the b is bondage so like being tied up and all that kind of thing uh bd d is the domination so you've been dominated and then sm is sadomasochism which sounds gruesome but it's basically you know pain from like having your your, your bum slapped with a hand or with um you know, some kind of implement, that kind of thing. And it just goes on different levels of there. So it's a whole different world that goes on behind closed doors with consenting adults for the pure, simple reason that people get pleasure from it and get turned on by it and are enthused by it. And generally, the majority in, in this world are couples. They've either kind of found each other through the vanilla world which is like the in real life if you like or they've kind of got into BDSM and they've met within the, that world and it, there's you know there's a million different fetishes and fantasies and you know lifestyles i mean if you ever watch 50 shades of gray that is kind of yeah. like the, the the vanilla version of 50 shades of gray of, of the BDSM. <laughs> you know but, it, but it's all about it reigniting, um, re, relighting that fire to keep that passion going. The old kind of like um, buying stockings and suspenders kind of thing for, for Christmas yeah. is, is the same idea.
1: Yeah. It doesn't necessarily have to be extremely kinky in any way to spice not things at, up, does it? No, not at all. I mean, uh,
2: <laughs> I find it really funny. You know, the, the website Wish? which kind of puts these really bizarre adverts on your Facebook feed. I mean, I've seen all kinds of things and I'm thinking, what on earth? And I don't, you know, my, my Facebook feed is primarily work-related, professional stuff, but I still get Wish coming in there every now and again and showing me some of the most bizarre outfits and um, stuff. That, <laughs> But what I was just thinking, do you know Tony Robbins, the big um, motivational guy? Yes, yeah, yeah, sure. I remember a story he told years and years ago about uh, this couple. And they were kind of falling out of love with each other because they had forgotten to communicate with each other. And he was, what was he? He was an airline pilot, something like that. And she worked as an exec in a big office kind of thing. And he was talking to her about sex and that. I said, oh, I really want you know him to kind of like turn me on and all this kind of thing. And he was quite prim and proper. And I couldn't possibly do anything like that. I couldn't go down that road to my BDSM and kinky stuff, just basic. And he said, okay, how about this? He says, your wife loves uniforms. She said, yeah, yeah, I know she does. I know she does. How about one night you come home and you, you know, you get in your front door in your uniform, and you take your pants off and you keep your hat on and you, your jacket and your tie <laughs> and when he said this the wife's eyes lit up my
1: eyes just lit up <laughs> yeah, but,
2: but think about it. how simple is that the guy yes. works he wears a uniform for work so and he's not he's all prim and proper and so he's trying to think about what to do to spice things up he just walks in the door keeps the top half his uni- uniform on drops the bottom half. Now, <laughs> <laughs> you can't get any simpler than that but it worked and they kind of fell in love with each other again and started exploring all sorts of different things after that
1: so yeah just a bit role play it. and dressing up can really spice things up can't it
2: i've been taught talk- on my feed i've been talking a lot about imagination and how as children we are so imaginative i mean we've all seen children wearing a, a tea towel and a bit of tin foil and they've got you know, maybe a broom, and they are witches or wizards, or they're fighting an army of a, a million, you know, space invaders. They can see them. They can see the million space invaders. They see themselves dressed as Han Solo or Princess Leia or some one of the Marvel characters. They can see this, and they're they're in that moment. But as we get older, that kind of gets drummed out of us, and mm-hmm. now imagination tends to get used less and less and less until it becomes um a, a kind of rusty tin in the corner of our minds yeah but what one of the biggest turn-ons for both men and women is our brains yeah if we can learn to use our imagination again and build fantasies you know the the dams are in distress the the fireman scenario all that kind of stuff All it takes is you rekindling your imagination and you can have so much fun. You mentioned role play. That's brilliant for using your imagination. Think up scenarios and this kind of stuff and just have fun with it. It's brilliant.
1: I mean, I've I've done it. It's great. Uh, I've I've, uh, just instantly had that image. I don't know if you've watched Only Falls on Horses of Rodney dressing up in his gladiator uniform and Cassandra in a policewoman's uniform. (laughs) remembering how funny that scenario was, because... Well, yeah, um... because
2: <laughs> that's two kind of contrasting fantasies ranked into one. I mean, they both should have been kind of like wearing gladiator or, you know, or empress kind of. But yeah, but that's it. it it's that kind of thing. You know, the the wearing the masks or blindfolding. There's all, there's, all, there's all kinds of things. You don't need me to tell you, I'm talking to the audience here, what to do. Because you know... But half the time, it's like, well, I'm too tired. I can't be bothered. And the kids have been playing up. Today. Especially that now, there's so much going on for, for people and for families. that it, It's a real challenge to, to get that time, to carve that time up. But I think it's so important. This is one of the things that I failed at. I failed miserably at this, is that I didn't kind of organize date nights and this kind of thing so I didn't organize like babysitters and we me and the wife would go out or weekends I'd, and I re, I, re, I don't regret much in my life but I do wish that I'd, I'd done more of that because that could have maybe you know sparked things up a little bit more yeah it's, yeah it's, it's just spicing up your relationship it doesn't take a million pounds and you know spending out a few hundred quid on a dungeon it just it just involves you using your imagination
1: yeah and just and, having, and
2: having some fun with it you know
1: yeah getting a bit more creative and, and yeah
2: whipped cream and strawberries and oh yeah, food. <laughs>
1: yeah. Food is, a great, food is a great way isn't it to
2: yeah food is uh, a great way you know um cameras and others is a fun way there's all sorts of things around your house you can have fun with you know which is completely safe and just just fun your your fantasy is your fantasy that's what i've said to people before is it doesn't matter what your fantasy is as long as you're consenting adults your imagination is limitless you can be a a little green-eyed alien with three heads Or you can be, you know, Lady Godiva portraying through the centre of London. It doesn't really matter. It's, you know, behind closed doors, it's your imagination, do what the hell you like.
1: And even just changing the room, you know, just getting out of the bedroom and, and just, uh, you know, on the ki- kitchen worktop or on the stairs even. Yeah.
2: Yeah, just, be, just be very careful. You've got one of those modern kitchens where the kind of like the, the hob integrates with the sink, <laughs> the, sink the, the work surface, yeah, and it's flat. Just make sure it's turned off, yeah? Because that, that can be quite painful.
1: <laughs> Are you talking from experience?
2: Uh, I'm talking from an almost experience. <laughs> like, well, that, that was close.
1: <laughs> or even going out in, for a drive in the car you know and either going somewhere or even in the oh, car itself
2: i got a story do you want a story yeah. so this i'm in france and this is bit mid 80s and i am ostensibly teaching this young lady how to drive so we've borrowed somebody's car and we've drived, we've driven off. that's great, English, isn't it? We've driven off into the woods. <laughs> and we've parked off so we've, we've parked up in this little layby in a little tiny country road, and I'm about to, to go through the highway code, as you would do in those sort of circumstances, yeah. And before I could actually open the highway code, we are suddenly surrounded by about 10 soldiers armed to the teeth. Right, okay. And and I'm I'm not saying that this is not they're not having a joke, they've got their guns pointing at us Ooh. like they're ready to shoot. And you know, it's hands in the air, get out of the car, yeah, you know, the, all the, the rest of it, you know, <laughs> yeah. and we're searching everything. And this is in a place called Souston, which is three quarters of the way down left hand side. And I found out later on that where I'd parked was kind of backing off the grounds of Francois Mitterrand, um, one of the old French presidents, summer house. So there is woods down there, 500 yards or whatever, inside those woods was his house. So these were like top-level SES kind of guys. They're protecting his house because he was at home. Right. I didn't have a Scooby-Doo, so they thought, you know, parked up, there could be a bomb, could be terrorists, could be whatever. And... After a few seconds, uh, they realized what was going on. And I could, I could see a few kind of like, because they were wearing balaclavas as well. Yeah? So I could see a few smirks with the balaclavas. My, my poor driving lesson E was kind of really embarrassing. And they just said, Look, go and do your driving lesson somewhere else. And they said, You know, go about five miles that way, but stay away from here. Yeah. I was, but that was so scary. <laughs> but it was. <laughs> there about to teach the highway code to this young lady and so the car is surrounded by you know guys in with guns and this is like it was a mini as well as a black mini i never forget but yeah that, that was a scary one wow i had a few few th- i forget get myself to scrapes sometimes unbelievable
1: <laughs> well on that note paul um what the benefit of the audience would be your best contact for the for anybody that would like to get in touch with you
2: oh right the best place to get me is uh facebook my business page is is really easy paul wilson coaching
1: paul wilson coaching so (laughs) that's great and uh for any other contact information as always i'll make sure paul's um other social media links and his bio and information are contained within the podcast show notes so it just leaves me to say thank you so much, Paul. That's been such an interesting, very, very um, enlightening, insightful <laughs> conversation.
2: <laughs> the, the thing is, oh, I'm going to finish off with this don't let your relationship uh stagnate, yeah, rekindle it, have some fun, enjoy yourselves, you know, do different things and communicate, huh. talk to each other.
1: I agree 100%. You, the thing is, we've um. You know i think we're all guilty of not taking that responsibility and uh you know being more playful more flirtatious and and uh you know creative about how we can spice things up to to keep things interesting and alive and uh, passionate in our own relationships
2: yeah just think about what turned you on to this person the first time you met what made you say yes to taking things further with this person? you know, and what spice things up and bring that back into the relationship.
1: Bring it back. Great advice. Totally, totally agree with that. So we're just going to end up, as I normally do, listeners, with saying true love starts with opening our hearts. And until next time, goodbye for now.
0: Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group Two Hearts Entwined. Or search Lynn Smith, Inspirational Speaker, at LinkedIn or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.